lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre and a bemused and frustrated Todd Erzin. Pope is in the news for all the wrong reasons. Again, how are you, man? Good to see you. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is your email address. That's where you can let us know what you think about what we think. Uh, Find us on Facebook and like us there while you still can. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parler at Steve Dace and check out our new YouTube channel to see all the demonetized videos because those are the good ones you actually want to watch to go and see all the demonetized videos at uh, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Also, don't forget, December the 15th is a big day for me, well, for my kids and for your kids, maybe, depending on if they like to read or can. Uh, Should I have said that out loud? I think you're good. Okay, good. Uh, That's when my new book, A Nefarious Carol, releases nationwide. You can pre-order yours right now. So you have it in time for Christmas for you or that special someone, or if that special someone happens to be named Anna, Zoe, or Noah, because I'm counting on you to subsidize their Christmas this year. I did my part. Now it's up to you. Go over to Amazon.com right now and get to your pre-order just in time for the holidays when it releases on December the 15th. All right, coming up on the show today, uh, buy, sell, or hold. Who knows what cornucopia of topics awaits for us. Uh, Also, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us uh, to take his inside politics here in the final segment of the program. I want to welcome a brand new partner to the program as well, Boland Branch. What do millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common? They all agree that Boland Branch sheets are the softest and most comfortable pure organic cotton sheets on Earth, Bolin Branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, carries the highest organic certification. That's why they're so soft. And it's because they work with family-owned mills all over the world to expertly weave every set of Bolin Branch sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship. It's quality. You can feel the moment you open the box. Looking forward to getting my Bolin Branch sheets. I was told uh, this morning they're on the way. I'm looking forward to trying these myself. And since they sell them directly to you, Bolin Branch sheets start at just 160 bucks. No middleman, no markup. You get them directly from the manufacturer. Uh, they're a thousand dollar quality sheets for the fraction of that price. And, and plus, you can sleep on them for a month, risk free. Try them out. See if. They live up to the hype. And right now, you'll get $50 off any sheet set, 50 bucks off, at bowlandbranch.com using the promo code DACE, bowl, B-O-L-L, bowlandbranch.com, promo code DACE, bowlandbranch.com, promo code DACE to get $50 off. Uh, restrictions may apply, so see bowlandbranch.com for details at bowlandbranch.com, promo code DACE. Let's get to Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the curves that really need flattening. We'll start in Australia with another reason why there's a hell. Medical professionals in South Australia are calling for urgent action this morning following shocking revelations about the deaths of four babies. The newborns were denied life-saving heart surgery because it wasn't available in Adelaide. 
and they couldn't be transferred interstate because of travel restrictions. Adelaide is the only capital city in mainland Australia that doesn't have its own infant cardiac unit. As one obstetrician said yesterday, quote, I shall leave it to you to imagine the profound effect of these deaths on the parents. Back stateside and according to the Associated Press, overdose deaths are spiking in the country and are on pace to set a record once the final numbers are tabulated. The AP reviewed preliminary overdose death statistics from nine states with recent counts. Colorado, Connecticut, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Missouri, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Texas and Washington. Most included data that allowed comparisons to earlier years and those numbers show overdose deaths outpacing what was reported during the same month of 2019, in some cases by substantial margins. In Connecticut, for example, preliminary overdose death counts were up more than 19% through the end of July compared with the same time frame last year. They were up 9% in Washington through the end of August, 28% in Colorado, and 30% in Kentucky during that same period. The CDC released its best estimates for excess deaths in the United States for the year so far, saying nearly 300,000 excess deaths occurred in the country. The CDC report states, quote, the largest percentage increases were seen among adults aged 25 through 44 years old. According to another report from the CDC from earlier this summer, the median age of those who died with COVID was 78 years old. This lends itself to the notion that the bulk of the excess deaths in the country were due to lockdowns. In New York City, the persecution of Orthodox Jews, and yes, at this point, that's all it is, continues. This video surfaced of an employee of New York City serving a court summons and issuing a fine to a Jewish restaurant owner for violating a dining ban, even though the restaurant owner was only doing takeout orders and had the door to his restaurant open for fresh air. I'm struggling here every single day. It's hard for me. And there was nobody inside the store, obviously, because we don't have dining. We only have takeout. There was nobody in the store, and I'm only getting a ticket because my doors are open. Uh, can you just please repeat that sentence while I'm getting a violation? It's because I was upper, I'm operating in a red zone with, what, what is that? In a red zone, uh, you're only supposed to do pickup and delivery at the door. Everything's spelled out here in the summer. So, what, but I'm doing pickup and delivery. When the guy walked in, I told him to step outside. That was not good enough. Late last weekend, another video surfaced purportedly of plainclothes police officers using cameras to spy on Jewish synagogues to make sure nobody's gathering inside to pray. The teachers' union of one of Virginia's largest counties, Fairfax, is calling for classes to be held virtually until August of 2021. In a letter to the Fairfax County School Board, the union said no one should return to in-person classes until, quote, there's a widely available, scientifically proven vaccine or a highly effective treatment, end quote. Meanwhile, a group of researchers spearheaded by Brown University professor Emily Oster have created and made available the most comprehensive database on schools and COVID cases rates for students and staff since the pandemic started. Her data, covering almost 200,000 kids across 47 states from the last two weeks of September, showed a COVID-19 case rate of 0.13% among students and 0.24% among staff. Moving on and in the race for the White House, Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani said the hard drive he received, which purportedly once belonged to Joe Biden's son Hunter, contains even more shocking material. There's a text message to his father 
in which he says the following. And he's discussing um, he's discussing his uh, sister-in-law, who for quite some time was his lover. And he says, uh, she, she told my therapist that I was sexually inappropriate. This would be with a unnamed 14-year-old girl. When she says that I FaceTime naked with the unnamed 14-year-old girl, and the reason I can't have her out to see me is because I'll walk around naked smoking crack talking Tom girls on FaceTime. This is supported by numerous pictures of underage uh, girls. So, uh, Mr. Mayor, I uh, that is look, that's dynamite stuff. Uh, and I've seen I it. I turned it over to the, to, to the you turned, turned it, you it turned it over to, to, the, to the Delaware State Police, correct? Yes. Yesterday, Bernie Carrick and I turned it over to the Delaware State Police because we're right. very uncomfortable with this. A pro Trump pack has made a four million dollar ad buy in Michigan, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania featuring Joe Biden's support of transgendering eight year olds. Sex changes for kids? That's going way too far. An eight-year-old child decides, I want to be transgender. Hormone treatment and surgery is dangerous for children. What won't Joe Biden support? Vote against Joe Biden, a pawn of the extreme left. And finally, President Trump inadvertently summed up this entire montage during his campaign event in Pennsylvania yesterday. Normal life, that's all we want. You know what we want? Normal life. Normal life will finally resume, and next year will be the greatest economic year in the history of our country. This is an election between the Trump super recovery, which is happening right now, and a Biden depression. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Rough Grange. You know, we do a lot of cool things for our pets. We take them to the vet. We pet them. We love on them. Uh, We take them for rides, take them for walks, feed them. But let's make sure they're getting the proper nutrition because a lot of the food that we buy for our pets from the store, even though it tastes great, it's dead as a doornail, sterilized, like a lot of our foods are. That's why we're buying so many supplements these days as humans. Same thing goes for our pets. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It is not a dog food, but a premium dog food supplement that'll put all the good stuff back in your pet's food, the pre and probiotics, the antioxidants, the vitamins, minerals, uh, all the good stuff. And apparently it tastes great too. Our dog cap absolutely loves this stuff. It's a powder that you mix in with the food your dog likes, and apparently your dog's going to like it even more. And if you want to see, if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less, get the Rough Greens Jumpstart Bag today for just $14.95 when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. In the overtime today, we're going to break down the interview we had yesterday with Dr. Scott Atlas, because dude... Dude came prepared. I mean, he, he he came with a payload of ammo and just decided to unload. And I just sat by and smoke him if you got him. And but then ultimately we had to <laughs> we had to go for a hard out. So we didn't have a time to to react to this and break it down really whatsoever. We're going to do that in the overtime today. And if you have not seen or heard that Scott Atlas interview from yesterday. Uh, from the White House Coronavirus Task Force, you are missing out, okay? That's the best two-question interview I've ever done. 
All right, right, so we're going to break it down today in the overtime. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Dace. That's BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, great. Just go to that website later today. We'll record it and uh, put it up for you that you can watch it on demand. And if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, that's where you can go to subscribe for a discount so you don't miss all the cool stuff we do every day here at Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. there's, There's many things I would like to talk about out of your montage today, Aaron. I, I, I want to start, though, at the top. I want to take you to Australia and the tragedy of those deaths. The state killed those children. The state did it. Directly. Directly. I got a question yesterday from somebody wanting to know theologically. If I knowingly vote for a pro-abortion candidate, am I responsible for their support of abortion that may come from their own policies? And I think we can get into several tertiary aspects of that. What if you vote for a pro-life candidate? but they vote for a budget that funds Planned Parenthood. Well, not every time somebody goes into a Planned Parenthood is an abortion occurring. Most of the time when they go in, that is that is the case, right? But this is where we can, we can follow rabbit trails and paper trails. Um, and, and maybe a good way to avoid having to navigate this is just not to vote for people that are for killing babies, right? Then you don't have to ask yourself questions like this. Solid rule of thumb. <laughs> okay, well, that's an option. All right. In this case, though, so we can argue, are you indirectly on the hook for this if you advocate for it? In this case, the state in Australia, the government, is directly responsible for the death of those children. Well, Steve, there's a pandemic going on. It's a tragic story. And, you know, they're just trying to take precautions. Okay. Australia is a country of 25 million people. 25 million. There have been a total of 905 deaths for coronavirus in Australia out of 25 million people. 905. That is 0.0003%. Australia in deaths per million ranks 114th in the world. Let me sh- share with you some of the countries. Uh, Bangladesh, Algeria, uh, Gambia, Mauritania is actually just behind Australia, by the way. Um, yeah. Antigua. There's Antigua. Just a couple notches down. Virgin Islands, two spots away from Australia. This is insane. It's insane. I'm not saying there there will never be a plague that will be so serious that we just have to risk the law of unintended consequences on the backside of it because of the clear and present danger that that plague currently represents. Have we faced those kinds of plagues as humanity before? Yes. Yeah. I mean, in the 13th and 14th century, they really weren't concerned about whether you're going to die of the flu or pneumonia uh, or dysentery or childbirth. Why? Because they had the Black Plague. 
there are parts of the world where they're under, they have to endure this on a regular basis, this difficult choice. But nowhere in the world do they have to endure this difficult choice with this virus. And this virus is not that plague. This is insane. And you can't even blame it on Orange Man Bad. It's almost summertime there. They're on the opposite end of the equator. They're, they're a half a planet away. This is just insane. It's flat earth. Voodoo. It's not even junk science. It's voodoo. It's insane. And those parents, if they can ever recover from the grief, I cannot even imagine. But if they ever can get back up from the grief of this, I hope that they sue that country for every last note in its treasury. Because their country killed their children. This takes us to the data that Aaron talked about with excess deaths. And Aaron, you did a phenomenal job connecting the dots there. I'll just add one other talking point. The largest segment, as Aaron pointed out, for excess deaths were between the ages of 25 to 44. Here's the problem with that. Well, Steve, again, there's a pandemic going on, right? Right, right? There's a pandemic going on, right? Right, there is. You're telling me your wife, you know, Bella's a nurse, hospital slammed. They have, though, less than 10 COVID patients in the hospital there right now. Something though. like that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, according to CDC's own stratified data, the recovery rate for a positive coronavirus case for those between the ages of 25 and 44 is, on the high end, 99.2%. And on the low end, 98.8%. That, that's... That's the recovery rate for COVID-19, according to our CDC, for those between the ages of 25 and 44. And I believe these studies show that's where the largest increase of excess deaths were so far, according to their estimates, right? Totally checks out. Yeah. That make any sense to you? No. That's insane. This is insane. It's absolutely nuts. It's voodoo. It's insane. It's what you, it's it, it's why Scott Atlas all but called Robert Redfield a tribal shaman on our show yesterday for asserting that a mask protects you better than a vaccine. I don't, why did they ever, why do we, why do we let smallpox kill like nine percent of the population for a thousand years? Why do we have people cover their faces? Boy, howdy. We were half joking when we talked about this off the air yesterday. I brought this up. I'm going to bring it up to you guys on the air. If I didn't know any better, I would think that this year is like a dry run for a mark of the beast. Why does it have to be a dry run? That it's that it's or it's a proto version or it's just the 
does this does, does that stuff no, it doesn't no, no, no. mean that the theology is any more sound right you don't you don't we don't do eisegetical hermeneutics right we don't interpret you know we, we don't ascribe efficacy to theological um integrity based on what we're seeing in the world it, it, we do it the other way around right the, the theological integrity interprets what's going on in the world mm-hmm. for us. The world does not interpret theological integrity, right? One's eisegesis and the other is exegesis, right? But for those of us anywhere from skeptical to ah, on that level of eschatology, which I, I think all three of us are somewhere on that scale to some degree. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And part of it is just... Some of the applications of how these things, these fantastical things would play out just seem somewhat unattainable, right? When you game theory them out, right? That's part of it, isn't it? Some of it is. It seems like too many moving parts, too much Rube, Gold- yeah, yes. Rube Goldberg You're going asking, on. Yeah, yes, yeah. I think that objection's been answered. And now I think we just have to deal with this eschatological theory just face up as, a, as its own efficacy. Because the idea that this just could not happen with this many layers in the real world, I think that has been asked and answered, Your Honor. We can't use we can't use that rejection as a or that objection as a crutch any longer. I think that one's gone. We've watched layers of this play out like that oh, this year. I'm the Catholic. I'll go rapture chart on you. Look at what just <laughs> look at what just happened. The most visible Christian, for better or for worse, what. In all of the world, and has been for quite some time, is the Pope. Since April, when Easter went by, and those, I think, moving, stirring images of him uh, uh, saying Mass alone in St. Peter's Square. How visible has he been since then? I'm Catholic. I forgot we had a Pope, quite frankly. He's been nowhere. And the now he pops his head up, the, mo, the most visible conversation about the Pope in the year 2020 is civil unions? Are you kidding me? Get behind me, Satan. Yeah, that's not even good virtue signaling or pandering because his olive branch is to offer the other side of an ar- the argument. Um, an accommodation that they haven't advocated for in like 20 years and it will do nothing. It will, it will, it will gain no favor with them. So yes, yes, please. We'll take civil unions. We're actually getting married in your churches all over the world, but yes, by all means, we'll, we'll be, we'll happily accept your offer of the, uh, the knockoff generic version of a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it will accomplish nothing other than getting blowback from faithful the followers like yourself it won't garner any favor with the system or the world at all they they are 20 years past 20 years past we're, we're arguing we're arguing what's a gender and he's arguing a talking point on the gay marriage battle that was raging when aaron was breastfeeding man i, I mean it's just i can't even it boggles the mind just it's just it's just bad pandering it's not like even good it's not like even effective it like won't even it won't even accomplish anything and at, at all. And at the very least, and this goes beyond Catholicism, it just goes to show how utterly prepared the church is to deal with the demons of this age. 
the church by definition has has to know them and understand them explicitly in order to give its faithful hope yet it 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 it, it knows nothing it's it's the three monkeys we have, before covid hit one of the things I talked about with this election, and it kind of ties into this topic a little bit. One of the angles I talked about with this election, as we watched Joe Biden launch a candidacy on, hey, let's make America normal again, make America nice again, right? His Go back. I know it just seems like eons ago. But remember like that opening video and stuff sure. we put out? We were like, this is actually really good stuff from their perspective, mm-hmm. right? And then he got into the first debate up there with the, you know, uh, on the crazy train and and by the time we got through the first debate, uh, f- ban fracking, uh, oil, right? I mean, he's all uh, the uh, the Hyde Amendment's bad. Every position he had that would have made him accommodating to those suburban voters that are looking for an excuse to just be rid of Trump and his act, right? He just he just defied all of those issues, right, in order to go with the flow of his own party. Mm-hmm. That's and I, I mentioned at the time that that will be devastating in a general election because he's he's running against. The first Republican since George H.W. Bush in 1988 when he did this to Dukakis. He's running against the first Republican who actually, on a national stage, is perfectly comfortable exploiting cultural flashpoint issues. Romney couldn't run away from them fast enough. The Chick-fil-A issue being the most blatant example. McCain was opposed to us on these issues, right? Okay. Um, and, and then you had uh, George W. Bush, who was fine running on them. Um, in his, but really wasn't a, a vocal advocate of a lot of those kinds of issues in his presidency. And you can, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, say it was overwhelmed post 9-11, that would, there'd be some something to that maybe. But Trump, Trump would much rather talk the cultural flashpoint issues than the technocratic stuff, right? He loves that stuff. And he was going to drum a lot of that stuff back up. Remember, we had these conversations yes. earlier this winter before COVID. That commercial on the gender issue. Here's why I think it is highly effective. Because in parishes like yours and in suburbs like where Aaron and I live, there are scores of people who on an issue test would agree with us, but just can't stand Trump's persona and or the fact that since he does bring up these cultural flashpoint issues, they have to talk about them and they'd prefer not, never to have to, right? They like their Republican candidates to be uh, cuter than Romney, but nice and sweet like Rubio. No threat to the system at all, but have the dimples. They like those candidates, all right? And and Trump has just turned all of this into a street fight. He's, he's, met the, he's, he's fine meeting the left head on on these cultural flashpoint issues which forces them to have to address them with their friends and in their neighborhoods, and they don't like doing stuff like that, right? Right. This, though, ad, I think is devastatingly effective because it puts in those people's faces the, you can't hide. There isn't, there isn't a David French tweet. There isn't a Jonah Goldberg column. Uh, if you want to go and affirmatively vote for this guy, you are signing up for this. And it puts it right on them and right in their faces. It's one of those things that I don't think necessarily moves any points towards Trump. But if you're Trump, hey, 
if I can't get the, those white suburban uh, housewives to vote for me, as long as they're not voting for him, it's a win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it it's one of those ads that rubs their noses in the truth that you cannot run away from it. And people are going to talk about it and ask you about it. And it, it makes it makes a vote for Biden less comforting than, 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 than maybe if you didn't have to confront an issue like and that. And I'm glad you did tie that immediately to what I said about the church, because that's what the church is supposed to be. It doesn't need to be endorsing any political candidate to put the thumb, the fist, the righteous fist that the church is supposed to be putting on the scale right now and saying, yeah, by the way... Um, anybody going to do anything about this transgender nonsense? Yeah. Anybody do anything about uh, having an eight-year-old uh, yeah. have his penis lopped off? Yeah, that, I wanna... anybody, any thoughts on that, maybe? You should be hearing about that from your pulpit. Yeah. A little I bit. agree. I agree. And I think it forces that issue to be discussed around a lot of people who have, been, have, have thought they could get away with hiding because of mean tweets. And I'm not talking, by the way, those of you who have like a moral objection to voting for Trump. Too. And, and, and like he has not offered you some moral objections in the past. I exercised one of those myself four years ago. I'm not talking about you, all right? You're the person who's actually thought it through and came to a different conclusion than I did this election, but I respect you, all right? Um, because I know when this election is over and we're fighting issues like this, you're going to be standing side to side with us in, in the arena on those issues. I'm talking about the people that don't ever want these issues to come up. That's why they like Romney Rubio types. They don't want these kinds of issues addressed. They don't want it rubbed in their faces. They don't want it because they don't want to have to come off the sidelines to take a stand. Not in this election, ever, ever. That's who that ad is targeted at. And that's a portion of Biden's support in our churches. More in a moment. Hey, have you noticed your hair isn't looking as full as it used to? Yeah, losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about some options. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy as you try not to go broke while you're trying not to go bald, or you can choose the better option. That's Keeps, uh, which you can take advantage of from the comfort of your own home. You'll get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but... Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And one more thing you got to love about Keeps is that it's all online. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed physician will review your info, recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and it's shipped directly to your door. So you get convenience, the generic version, so you're saving a ton of money. How about, though, another discount on top of that? To get you started, 50% off your first order today when you go to keeps.com slash grow. 50% off your first order today at keeps, K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to one of our favorite segments of the week. Buy, sell, or hold. Aaron, with some help from you in the audience, will present to you, Todd, you and I, a series of predictions and prophecies or statements or rankings on who knows what various topics may be addressed, but then you and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Maybe we'll even have a good reason why or nine. Uh, And then, given that it is 2020, y'all, unlimited amounts of holds because the cray-cray runs deep this year. Aaron, you're up. We will start with Don't Poke the Bear. 
who says Trump will win on a level that in any other year wouldn't be disputed. However, Biden will not concede. D.C. shadiness ensues on a level of dumb that it would make COVID panic porn tolerable. Mob violence rules the day after Trump isn't sworn in by Inauguration Day. I'll buy. It's as likely as anything else. Um, I will buy, too. Because I, I want to go back. You ended your montage with a little few minutes ago. The president saying, hey, we just want to get back to normal. Well, mm-hmm. funny he should say that. As I talked about on this show a couple of days ago, I, I, I think we have to recognize that we're up against a force that views normal as its enemy. Disruption and chaos is what it prefers. It wants to undo the fact that even in the Obama years, when you, if you disagreed with them on anything, you were just an automatic racist, right? But still, we watched our kids grow up. We, we, a lot of Americans would, that either loved Obama or didn't enjoyed a lot of Marvel movies together and sporting events, right? Right? Yeah. There was still in between the contesting um, of, in, for the culture, there were still, even in that era, just a few years ago, there were still a lot of respites, pardon the phrase, safe spaces or places where we went where these things just didn't come up and didn't have to be addressed right there because it was for fun. It was normal. It was for the kids. It was where we worked. And these people don't want any of that. They, they know that those moments, that normalcy is the last thing holding America together because the the worldview differences at play here are now not differences, they're chasms. And they know that. And so what holds us together is that despite those worldview chasms, we get to still enjoy a level of normalcy beyond any other nation's normalcy in the history of, of our species, right? Yep. So they know they have to undo that normalcy in order to undo America. So I... I I, that, I think that plays right into their playbook, what you just described. That's why I'm going to buy. Up next, Blake Johnson says, Jeffrey Tubin cranking his hog on Zoom is probably the most family-friendly thing to happen behind the scenes at the New Yorker. <laughs> Bye. <sighs> that was only the second one this week, right? Yep. Is that going to start a trend? Hopefully. Okay. I told you, to this point, I said it. Before we went on the segment, I have now seen two editorials today from newspapers, not podunk newspapers, real newspapers defending Tumid as the victim of squares who just aren't comfortable with their own body. I, this is happening now. We are in the upside down. I, I'm not a square approved by any stretch, but I. So. Any woman that logged on, what happened to what happened to me too? Do you know what happened? Yeah. Remember when that was a thing? So our our daughters and sisters and wives log on to a Zoom call at work and have to watch a guy pleasuring himself. And if you if you if you're not into that, then uh, you know if that's not what you're looking for in a professional setting, then you're uh, you're a square or a prude. We're there now. Yeah. Sooner or later, you you throw out enough my body, my choices out there. You can use it for and co-opted for just about anything. Okay, um, I don't know anything about the New Yorker, and I don't. I really I don't know anything uh, other than 
Isn't that where Ronan Farrow started me too, by the way? Okay. Isn't that where, it became, didn't he take his story there? Because he couldn't I get it to run at NBC. That. If I remember right. How did I not realize That's where this? the Harvey Weinstein How story did we went not nuclear. Realize that. I, I guess I, I just realized it in real time. I just connected those dots. Just time five seconds is a ago. Flat circle, my it is, friends. It is. So a year or two years ago, Ronan Farrow takes his story on Harvey Weinstein, open secret, um, as a sexual predator in Hollywood. Uh, he he takes it to the New Yorker because he can't get it to run on NBC. That's where he was working at the time, right? NBC Universal. Yep. They wouldn't. Yeah, run. yeah. Right. And so now here we are. Um, but. I'm going to practice love my neighbor as I love myself. I don't want to impugn, even though your, your tweet's funny, I don't want to impugn the character of everybody at the New Yorker. Clearly, somebody there was offended. That's why I got suspended from the place, right? Somebody there has some But if form you had to put money on decorum. it, Steve, come on. Place a wager, a friendly wager. I, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell, but I, I don't take it as me blaming you for going there. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to sell. Up next, Dustin Dustin Collins says, Built Bars contain more sustenance than Bill Bar. That's a buy. That's a buy. If if it weren't for Anthony Fauci, you ready for this hot take? I'll give it to you. If it weren't for Anthony Fauci, you know, last year, a lot of people don't know this. I know it because we're playing them in our first game Saturday night. Last year, Tanner Morgan at Minnesota had the third highest passer rating in the history of the Big Ten Conference history of the league but you don't know it because it was second to justin fields at ohio state (laughs) so people never really mentioned it right um similarly if it weren't for anthony fauci bill barr would be the biggest fraud i've seen in my career the second biggest fraud i have seen in my career also happened this year it just so happens that the biggest one by a long shot well, you know, I shouldn't say that. Third biggest. Third biggest one I've seen this year. Because Romney was the biggest fraud, political fraud I have ever seen. And everything that everybody at Nash Review and everybody else did to build him up, the most fraudulent enterprise I have ever seen. Ever. Okay? Until Anthony Fauci came along. And then there would be, a, then, then Bill Barr would be third. Bill Barr is the third biggest fraud I've ever seen in politics. And it just so happens, though, he's not getting a lot of run right now because number one, straight out of the bowels of hell from the other place, from as below, is still um, engaged in his reign of terror at the moment. What's so funny about that? Because once you got down to third, I thought we were just going to keep going. Because keep going. let's face it, you've seen a lot of political fronts. I have. No, wait a second. Fourth. <laughs> this guy was a huge fraud. Yeah. Now the, yeah. But yeah, Bill Barr is definitely. No, no, wait, fifth. Yeah, I hear you. No, Barr is a fraud. Uh, I mean, Barr is a byproduct of the social media era in which we live. Um, if we didn't have the social media era, he would not get. A, he would have been exposed already because he's largely been blown up based on sound bites. That if we didn't have the social media era in order to share those and expose each other to them, you know what Bill Barr is. Chris Christie launched his entire political career as a national thing after he got uh, elected governor in New Jersey in the very, very early days of YouTube. He did a town hall. Do you remember this? We're talking about he did the a teacher? town hall with a teacher with, with, yeah. and, and, and one of these little uh, communist teacher union dweebs stood up 
And Christy just pulled her pants down and made him made it then then made her eat her own underwear. Okay. And that was one of the very first viral moments I ever remember in my career. I mean, I was just learning what YouTube and stuff was at this time. And that shot him into, you know, national stardom as a as a future potential standard bearer for Team GOP. And that's why for the years 2000, until he hugged Barack Obama on that tarmac before the 2012 election, Chris Christie was the GOP consultant classes uh, knighted heir apparent. Should Romney have should had Romney lost in 2012. But when Chris Christie hugged Obama on that tarmac and then Obama ended up winning the election like a week or two later, Chris Christie's political goose was cooked. But he, it was largely based off of that one viral moment. That is, that's what Bill Barr has been as an AG. A series of those, those moments. Then when you look at like Chris Christie's record in New Jersey, it's heinous. He has a terrible record. I mean, him and California were the first two states to say you can't talk. We were just talking about the homosexuality issue. You, you can't present the gospel to somebody as an alternative to homosexuality, stuff like that. Okay. His record there's deplorable. He's a lib. He's a lib and a, he's, a, he's, a, he's the ultimate Republicrat. Um, he just signed up for Team Republican because it's New Jersey. There's like five of them. So better to you know rule in hell than, uh, than serve in heaven and, and to these kinds of people. And that's what Bill Barr has done. He has concocted a political resume off nothing other than just sound bites. You know, taking drinks with a smile while, you know, while Adam Schiff in his 72 IQ looks bad. Right? That's everything. That's all that he's done. Given speeches about culture wars and spiritual forces. And then he probably has the most powerful position other than the presidency itself in America to do something about it. And what has he done? Nothing. It's been, what is it now? Eight days since the New York Post has been locked out? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. They they can't be moved. Oh, they filed a lawsuit. Yeah, okay, great. It'll take like three years to adjudicate. Minimum. So, uh, Barr is a fraud. In all caps, fraud. Total product of the social media era. But he's also like most Republicans. The ones at least that figured out. They're, they're the ones that went Jeff Flake route and just flaked out. Yep. And then there are guys like Barr and Mitchell kind of ultimately figured we can just pretty much oh, yeah. lie our way yeah, through this absolutely. whole Trump thing. And I can, I can produce cocaine yeah, Mitch memes. Yes. I can wave an AR-15 at yes. CPAC. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're, that, you nailed it. Yes. Yep. And Barr is in the latter camp. Meaning he was smart enough not to blow his wad looking like an idiot. He was smart enough not to Justin Amash himself or Jeff Flake himself, right? Right. right. That's it. Or Ben Sass himself. He was smart enough not to do that. Um, so he just chose the Mitch McConnell route. And he, he, ultimately, you plebes just want some sound bites to own the libs. I'll give them to you. You won't ask anything more of me. That's the game plan, right? Correct. Next, Jennifer Harris says it's going to take divine intervention to get America through this election in one piece. I, I would buy, and I think it's going yeah, to take buy. divine intervention to get America for, to what happens after this election in yeah. one piece, regardless of who wins or loses. Uh, if Trump wins, they're not going to say... Well, I guess the writing didn't work, guys. Nope. 
And if Trump loses, our side now has been taught that this level of dissension and, and deconstruction is what wins. And so that gives us a choice. Either we have to confront it, and that will be a not seamless process, right? Right. There's going to be some confrontation there at some point, right? Right. Or emulate it. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to take divine intervention to get America past this election, regardless of who wins at the same time. Next, uh, the Sniper BBB says, finalists for 2020 nicknames, 2020, the lost year, 2020, the year of the lost, or 2020, the last year of the lost. <sighs> lost is really not doing it for me. No? As covering. How about year of the damned? Damned, chaos, suicide. What, we, we sprinted past lost. We've been lost for a while. Lost is what you are when you're going down the slippery slope. When you're at the bottom, it's something other. So I've got to sell. Yeah, I think I'm going to sell too. And I'm not even comfortable answering this yet. Because there's, what, 70 days left in the year? Something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, so today's October 24th. Or 20, uh, um, 21st. 21st, thank yeah. you. So September 1 would be 51 days. Take another 19 days, and now you're into mid-August, yeah. right? What were we talking about in mid-August? And would the schools reopen? Were we going to have foot... Was, was, was there going to be a college football season? Um, who, would, who would Biden's running mate be? Right? That's what we were talking about then? Yeah. Do you remember when I said... In other words, a lot can change yeah. in, in, this, in this year in 70 days. Do, a do, lot can. Do you remember when I said how 2017 was going to be crazier than 2016? Yep, I And do that seemed that. unbelievable. And yep. every year, 2016 was pedestrian compared to every year after it. I know it's I'm, I you're you're right. I'm, so I'm this is I'm proud. And we had the 2016 y'all tweets that yeah. whole year in the election yes. that nobody wanted to vote in yes. and where's smod to stop us from having yeah. to choose one of these candidates. But even go back to what I just said about normal. And I've made this point before. Even that was like maybe the best sports year in American history. That was the last second shot between North Carolina and Villanova. That was Tom Brady's comeback. That was the Cubs winning the World mm -hmm. Series. That was Clemson beating Alabama in a Titanic game for the, champion, the national championship with eight seconds to go. That was LeBron James going back home to Cleveland and going on the road to win a game seven for the NBA final. I mean, that was one of the, that was maybe the greatest sports year in, in American history. So even that year, when we were thinking, man, this is just yeah. terrible, there were still plenty of things going on that were like normal and like brought people together. Yeah. Right? No. And no. I don't think you can count on it again until 2025 at the earliest. Oh, wow. Now I, now I want to stab myself. Thanks, Todd. I want to get that in before the break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of break. <laughs> before my break. Yeah. More in a moment.
And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can let us know what you think about what we think. You can also find us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And then also check out our new YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace as well. And if you're a podcast listener, we thank you for that. If you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button for us. Uh, leave us a five-star review. The more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. We want to thank all of you that have uh, done that for us already as well. And I want to mention this too. Um, as we get into the lead-up now of the 2020 election, starting today, Blaze Media is offering what we consider to be our most important discount ever $30 off an annual subscription right now, which means you will get Blaze TV, everything that we have to offer for less than six bucks a month. It's $5 and 75 cents a month. That's it. I've got to believe we're worth $5 and 75 cents. And if we're not, there has to be at least one show here worth that. All right. And this is an important time, obviously, when you're seeing um, all of the censorship that is going on. You want to make sure, I mean, we had our account uh, locked out last week here at The Blaze. A good buddy of mine, Jason Johnson, former uh, chief strategist for the Cruise campaign. Um, I saw today, I mean, he got his, his account got hacked like two weeks ago. Still hasn't gotten his account back. We mentioned earlier the New York Post. Nothing's been disproven in their reporting at all, we have another leak on Trump's tax returns. That's a crime, by the way, but that can be reported all over Twitter and Facebook. But they still can't get their New York Post account back. The Babylon Bee just got demonetized over on Facebook. I mean, it's open season on us. And so there's strength in numbers. And at this point, the only way we can guarantee you're going to have access to our content. So many of I got an email from a woman yesterday saying, hey. Well, you guys are sellouts. Why don't you just leave Facebook and Twitter? Well, the problem is we're not the sellouts here. We're the buy-ins because that's how we access most of our audiences. That's how most of you access our stuff is through Facebook and social media. That's how you find us. So we're there so that you can find us. Who knows how much longer we're going to get to be there. So... One way to make sure our message gets out, this information is heard and learned, is for us to have strength and numbers. That's why we're offering our most important, it's the biggest discount I can ever remember since I've been here, $30 off an annual subscription right now when you go to blazetv.com, use the promo code Steve, all right? blazetv.com, use the promo code Steve. $30 off an annual subscription, so it's less than 6 bucks a month right now uh, here at Blaze TV. All right, coming up at the bottom of the hour, our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. He will take us inside politics. want to also mention, I got a text from a buddy of mine during the break. All right, man, he said, I, I, I bit the bullet and I bought some Built Bar. I'm telling him he's not going to regret it. You won't either. It's the best tasting protein bar you have ever had. It's as good as a lot of the candy bars out there, but a heck of a lot more nutritious. And it's easy on the tummy as well. There's, they've really improved a lot of protein bars nowadays. So the question, though, is the ones that taste really good, can you digest them? Because a lot of times I can't. 
Built Bar, the best of both worlds. Tastes great. Best tasting one I've ever tasted. But easy on the tummy as well. Almost all of them that I've found are well under 200 calories. Anywhere from uh, 17 to 20 grams of protein per bar. They're phenomenal. 18 flavors, every single one of them covered in chocolate, real chocolate. Trust me, you won't regret this, all right? This is going to be one of those purchases you're like, I wish somebody would have told me about these a long time ago. BuiltBar.com, built, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. You'll use my name, Steve, as a promo code. Get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Dot com. All right, Aaron, back to buy, sell, or hold. All right, we'll move on to Stephen the Troll up next, who says the moderator will mute Biden as soon as he starts to drift off and not make sense. Now, that's an angle to this I had not considered. At least once that'll happen. Bye. I'll buy. I hadn't thought about that angle. I'll uh, buy. All right. Uh, new. Uh, moving on, Vote Your Conscience says there will be a deep fake quote-unquote bombshell video of Trump before the election. Um, so we've been getting warned about these deep fakes for years. That it kind of reminds me now, like when you tell a team, like when the preseason football magazines start coming out in June, and, and hey, trap game for every team, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you tell these guys for because the season doesn't start for three more months that game's four or five months away and so you're you're everyone and so that gets into everybody's vernacular and everything's a trap trap watch out for that game it's a trap well if we all were watching out for it is it a trap you know what i'm saying the trap is something you weren't previously anticipating correct sure okay and i'm wondering if the deep fake thing has become that because for the last couple of years, there's been a lot of warnings about these. And I don't know. I mean, I what would it be? I mean, think of this stuff the guy's actually done in life. That's scandalous. Think about that. Okay. And then think of the stuff he's been accused of that turned out to be a scam. I mean, P-tapes, guys. P-tapes were a thing. Okay, I, that that he went all the way. Uh, he went back to the USSR for golden showers instead of golden slumbers. If you get the Beatles references there, all right, that was a thing, right? So I mean, what what would the deep fake video be? Uh, Putin handing an actual wad of cash to Trump would would that be it? And then I, I got to think that anybody who would who would think that that video is real. Had already has already voted against Trump a couple times. You know what I'm saying, right? So I I don't know, man. I'm starting to think that him. As soon as I say that now, there's going to be like a deep fake of me on to catch a predator tomorrow night or something. I don't know, but doesn't it seem like we were like hyper worried about this for the last couple of years and it it just hasn't come to fruition? Or my so I'm going to sell. I don't know. I'm selling as well. It's the amount of moving parts it's not as good enough for it just to be out there uh it something that rises to that level of 
uniqueness. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way look at how the game is being played right now. It it's still classic memory holding, mm-hmm. which is what journalism in now Twitter. The press has done this for decades. Memory holding uh, things and memory holds just a nice fancy modern yeah. term for what we used to say on our show, which is their real bias isn't the slanted things that. The slanted way they report things. It's deciding what actually gets yeah. to be reported. Right. Yeah. Now it is becoming also way more. I mean, really, yeah. again, they are now multiple editorials are excusing a guy playing with themselves on Zoom calls. And if you don't like that, you're a prude. So it's getting more and more overt. But I, I don't if this is just in there's some level of having to vet this and deal with this that even the most leftist newsroom is going to be inexperienced in doing it. I don't, it's not as easy as it seems. I, it's going to happen sooner or later at a heightened level of what we're used to, but not. I don't think within the next, before the election. Up next, Constitutional A-hole says NFC East Division winner will come out at 6-10. and 10. Bye. That would be awesome. I think that's possible. Yeah. No, it won't, it, it won't be 6-10 and 10 in the Eagles because they have a tie. But could I see her? Could I see six, nine, and one if the Eagles win it, or the seven and nine, or even six and ten? I absolutely think that's possible. Yeah, so I'll buy. I think it's a possibility. All right, that that would be one of the most twenty twenty things, things ever. Ever. Yep. Yeah, because that's also a division that has a lot of the major markets in the NFL. It's got the number one team in the NFL, uh, Cowboys. You, know. you have you have New dude, York. New York. You have Washington, D.C., Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. I mean, those are some of the major markets in the NFL, in the country. And so here's a division where the team from our nation's capital doesn't even have a name and and is already saying they won't have a name next year. Okay. I mean, it's just, wow. There's there's some metaphors there, Mm -hmm. are there not? So. Uh, up next, uh, Bacon says Steve is invited to speak at CPAC before Todd is invited to speak at the school board meeting. <laughs> you know, we're neck and neck. That's a close race right there. That I, I, I've I've wondered in the past and I've not thrown the gauntlet out there for fear of what you guys would come up with. But I have wondered over the years when we've had this meme going here on the show, what would legitimately get suggested that legitimately and, mm-hmm. and not profane or dumb, but like legitimately. All right. What could somebody throw out there legitimately that this will happen before I get invited to speak at CPAC? And we would look at each other and say, you know what? Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I think this is the one. Did it. Yeah. I, I, who was that? Who was that? That's bacon. Well, should have known that bacon would come. Correct. It is Bacon. After all, uh, the, one of the uh, delicacies at the marriage supper of the lamb, bacon. All right. Um, but uh, I, I think you nailed it. I, 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 no one has said this to me, but between us and everybody watching and listening, of course, you know, I said this to a buddy of mine last night. I'm like back with my peer group fully. It's been you know, it was weird being on conference calls with the likes of Bill Crystal four years ago, you know, with Free the Delicates and stuff like that. Um, I'm like back with my native peer group where I started my uh, activism in my career. And we've been somewhat estranged for the last few years because of I was never Trump in 2016 and most of them were not. Um, 
And then slowly but surely, you know, I've, I've kind of reunited with a lot of my peer group again. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I could see, because I don't think a Romney-McCain type of Republican has any chance of ever winning this party's nomination, like ever again. So I could see a scenario. I still wouldn't like lay odds on it or bet on it. But I'm kind of back with my native peer group now. Uh, I don't think any kind of Romney. I mean, I I think the Romney-McCain wing of the party's candidate in 2024 is going to be Nikki Haley. And while I'd rather have Ted Cruz, Ron DeSantis, and several other candidates over Nikki Haley. Dude, she's Barry Goldwater compared to Romney and McCain, right? Sure. Okay. So if, if we have moved the corporatist technocratic consultant wing of the party to, all right, guys, we're going with Nikki Haley. It, I'm going to call that a win. If, if You know what I'm saying? If we've moved them to her, and she would not be one of my first choices, but if we've moved them to her, dude, dude, dude she's Edmund Burke compared to Jeb Bush, all right? So if, if if we have so traumatized these people that we have moved them to the likes of Nikki Haley as the middle ground candidate, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna yeah. take a W when I can find one. Is that fair? It is. So if that's the environment we're in, I I could foresee a scenario. It'll be like at, you know, um six AM on a Saturday. Hey Steve, what are you doing? And of course I'm gonna turn that down. It's way too early for me. But I, I could see just to have me stop saying this, a buddy of mine was telling me about a year ago. He was listening to my podcast, and Matt Schlapp, who runs the American Conservative Union that oversees CPAC, was in the car. And he had my podcast on. And I was and, and we were going through these, you know, Steve will be invited to speak at CPAC uh, while Schlapp is in the uh, car. I with remember him. that. Okay. All right. Um I I could foresee a scenario where they maybe just I'm I'm it's safe to let me out now. Um and you give me some time slot you know I'm not going to say yes to so that you can get me to stop trolling you with this, right? I, I think there's at least some possibility of that next year. I don't think there's any possibility, Todd. None. Now, I mean, dude, this Pope is going to come out for Sola Scriptura before you get invited to speak at a school board meeting. I, I just don't see that happening, brother. And I love, and I dig that about you. All right? I dig that about you. Is that fair? Oh, it's more than fair. Okay. I'm swooning. <laughs> that's the nicest Never thing anybody's prouder. ever said to me. Yes, I know. <laughs> Up next, Rev AG says, LA Dodgers in five. Sell. I'll sell. think Tampa's got still too good a pitching. Doesn't mean I think they'll win. I'd kind of like to see the Dodgers win. Because they're fans, man. It's been that's a long wait. Nineteen eighty-eight. I mean, I've been waiting since eighty-four. They've been in the playoffs more times than anybody since eighty-eight without winning a World Series. You know, I, I, I'm. You know, my thing now is I'm for moribund franchises and fan bases now. You know, because I'm a Lions fan. So I like to see the Dodgers win it. I just don't think they'll win it in five. Same. Uh, let's see. Up next, we have Alex Picaro or Picardo, who says by the end of 2020, some laptop mechanic will do more to disrupt the deep state than Bill Barr. Already happened, man. Yep. It's already happened. It has already occurred. And that I, we didn't get into this because we just had 
Aaron, we could have done seven shows on your montage today, okay? But Rudy Giuliani making those claims about that laptop. And the key question, you know, remember when, uh, what's her face? Um, Christy Blasey Ford. When she started making her initial allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, and we were like, we don't know what the truth is. Let's have a hearing. Let's hear what she has to say. But another point I often made on the show was, if you think we're about to appoint a rapist to the U.S. Supreme Court, do not call a booking producer at MSNBC. Call the police! Remember that? Get on the phone and call the police, right? Yes. Yeah. The, the booking producer at MSNBC can't really do anything about it. But the police, they can. Call the police. And this goes, by the way, I think I'm safe by saying, from this moment and from this time forward, if you are convinced we are about to give a lifetime appointment to a rapist, call the police. Do not call a reporter at the New York Times. Or at least don't make that call until you have called the police. Fair? Yes. Thank you. And what did Giuliani say? Oh, I already took this to the Delaware State Police. I, I, I didn't like, come on, Newsmax. Hey, guys, here's what I heard. No, um, me and Bernie Carrick, who was the New York, uh, New York Police Commissioner during 9-11 when Rudy was the mayor, remember? Me and Bernie Carrick already took this to the Delaware State Authorities. That's why I'm telling you about it. I'm not, like, going to throw this out there. Oh, yeah, I should have called the cops. Picks of underage. Dude, if he's wrong about that, I mean, I don't know what Rudy Giuliani's worth, but if he's wrong about that, that's all getting transferred into Hunter Biden's crack cocaine expense report. I mean, you better be right about an allegation like that, right? Mm -hmm. You better be not uh, not 10,000% right. Well, if you're a Democrat and you make an allegation about that... Don't worry. You, well, you got to probably be like 90% right. If you're a Republican making an allegation like that, 10,000%. <laughs> like 10,000, like eyewitness creation level of certainty. You better be right about that. So, dude, I'm not the biggest Rudy fan in the world. From him. When I say that, I've always liked him personally. It's hard not to. Did a good job as mayor. I just politically don't agree with him on a lot of stuff. Uh, he's more liberal than me, and I don't really think his political instincts are all that great. But in this case, hey, he called the police first and then made the allegation. So that's already he's ahead of where we were with Christy Blasey Ford two years ago. Up next, we have Josh Peaton, who says the Republican Party will embrace reparations and or UBI, universal basic income, within the next five years. I, I don't think the reparations thing will ever happen. I mean, it's not even mainstream in the Democratic side, guys. Um, but the UBI thing, yeah, I could see. First of all, they flirted with a, a proto version of that earlier this year with like a guaranteed check, right? Was that what the stimulus was? Didn't we're, we all get 1200 bucks guaranteed? We're doing it right now as we speak. Yeah, they're even talking about doing it again. Yeah, so I, I, I could see... The Republican answer to UBI being... We can't afford it. <laughs> so here's $600 instead of 1200 Right. Well, why do you hate poor people and working moms? Right. 
that would be one option. That's how they played stupidly played these issues in the past. The other is they call them uh, stimulus bonuses, things of that nature. So they don't have to use the term universal basic income. So it's not like a weekly revenue stream, but seasonal or when the economy has a downturn, they fire you some free money that already belonged to you. Right. Republicans are going to take what has worked for the Democrats for decades now because it's useless. Now that the Democrats have gone full mob, they're going to take over the role of Santa Claus. I think that's right on the money. Didn't Trump say that McConnell told him no one's ever lost an election for spending too much money, right? I I think what you're going to see is is I do think you'll see the Republicans be, uh, and a lot of it's going to be, you know, infrastructure projects. We've heard Trump talk about those over the years too. But I think you're going to see Republicans be a a big government um socially con- socially well more socially conservative than democrats whether that's actually socially conservative i don't know okay but i think you're going and and by the way when you look at the electorate we've talked about this in the past the the candidate that the gop consultant class spent a lot of my career trying to reach does not or the voter that the gop consultant class spent a lot of my career trying to reach largely doesn't exist people who want sodom and gomorrah with low taxes that voter largely doesn't exist now there is a wide swath of voters who want to know that government protects them from losing their job or losing their business who don't want sodom and gomorrah and eight-year-olds lopping their penises off there there's a lot of those voters and I think you'll see the Republican Party move to message to them. I, I agree. Oh. Because that's the one place left where they can make a clear line of demarcation with Democrats. Because there's not a market for limited government uh, from a, a, on a fiscal level. I wish there was. There's not. So what's the one area where they can make a clear line of distinction between themselves and Democrats? On cultural upheaval and chaos, right? Yeah. I mean... Joni Ernst won't come on this show. Won't, apparently, I was told she wouldn't come on with Mark Levin. But when you turn on her TV ads, now I know why she won't come on with me. I've known Joni for years. I know why she won't come on with me because squishes don't come on with me. <laughs> All right. But if, have you guys seen the ad she's running in Iowa? Mm-hmm. Those ain't squishy ads, are they? Right. Hey, Teresa Greenfield doesn't know what an Ill, doesn't know illegal alien means illegal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Joni Ernst would not have run those ads in 2014, her first election. I think that's kind of a sign of what you're what you're talking about, that they're going to try to make more hay on issues of cultural existentialism and just give up the ghost completely on big government. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we've got Amanda Barris, who says the final results of the 2020 presidential election won't be known before December 12th, which is the date Bush v. Gore was finally decided in 2000. Man. Bye. I don't know how you wouldn't buy just given the way the world, the year has trended. So, sadly, I will buy too. Next, we have Jacob Hibbard who says, BYU is for real. Notre Dame is a fraud. <sighs> I mean, BYU's best win is Houston. So, define for real. Do I, I think they're probably ranked appropriately until we see more from the Big Ten teams that start this weekend and the Pac-12 teams. I totally agree that Notre Dame is overrated. That, that There's no way that's the number three or number four team in the country. No way. So I totally agree with that. And I think right now, BYU is appropriately rated. 
And if they stick with the Lavelle Edwards powder blues, I could be talked into ranking them higher. Okay. Um, so, okay, I'll buy for now. I might have a different opinion in a couple weeks after we see some games with, you know, when we see Oregon, USC, Washington play out West and Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Iowa play out here. I might have a different opinion of where BYU should be ranked then, but I certainly will not think Notre Dame belongs in the top four. On that one, I agree with you on that. I'm just going to sell this as a arbitrary comparison of two independent religious schools for seemingly no purpose at the moment. I mean, talk about, give me a month, and then we can talk once all the rankings are in and they've played some more games. Okay. Next, we have Media Whistleblower who says, within two years, we'll be watching ads from law firms soliciting people who had health problems from wearing masks. Mm, Bye. I love this. Oh, wow. Did you wear a mask? That. Did you live in an area (sighs) where a mask use was mandated? Did your kids suffer from a unique, more devastating strain of streptococcus virus because they were forced to wear a mask in school? I think something like that. Something like that, maybe. Wow. That. That's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that. Who was that? Media whistleblower. That is that's a smart take. I will buy. Yeah. And uh Todd, you're buying. Yeah, I bought. Oh yes. Yeah. Nathan says the font size on Joe Biden's giant teleprompter is (laughs) 666. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, man. Again, I'll laugh, but I'm, (laughs) but I'm going to sell. That's way too big. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Let's go for. It could be uh, 66.6. Could be that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's 2020 divided by 666. There you go. There you go. Uh, let's see. Jesse Carlson. The Twitter shutdown last week was actually them recoding the algorithm so they only uh, show things they approve. There was a shutdown for a while last week. I, and actually, I, you guys were texting about that, weren't you? You and Todd? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It was some. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. There's. It was some version of that. Like I told you a few fine. weeks ago, man, I'm five minutes away from making the friggin' frogs gay. I am five minutes away from being a smarter Alex Jones. I, 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 what I have seen this year and how I have seen it done, there is, there's not much right now that I'm going to say that's crazy and I'm going to say no to. There's not much. And I'm not comfortable in that space. I need you to know that. I am not comfortable living in that space whatsoever. Yet, it is what it is. It is the space in which we reside. So, sure, I could buy that. There's not much I couldn't buy right now. Absolutely, bye. This is a great take, I think, or interesting at the very least. Five by four says Trump wins re-election as Democrat voter turnout is lower than expected in the Midwestern swing states, but Biden outperforms in dark blue states. He was always going to win anyway. I think that is possible, so I will buy. I, I still think with. 13 days to go. I'm not ready to make a defined prediction, but do I think your scenario is plausible? Yeah. I mean, and the, and the, the mail in ballots in those deep blue States, man, he's going to roll up. He is going to roll up Putin type of Hugo Chavez kinds of numbers in places like that. Right. 
Um, I mean, look at those 15% of counties that Hillary Clinton won in 2016, and you're going to see Joe Biden getting 700% of the vote in some of those places. I'm, I'm only slightly exaggerating for effect. Okay. So I could see that scenario and I, and go back to the point I made earlier about that ad that the Trump super PAC is running on transgendered eight year olds. It's targeted at that. And mm-hmm. that's it, what its goal is. Its goal is to depress that vote. Its goal is not necessarily anybody who already was upset and offended by and, and aware of, of the Democrats embrace of this is already voting for Trump. Right. The goal is to find people who knew it was going on, but could but wanted to lie to themselves that they could vote for Biden and not have this be a real issue. The goal is to hit them between the eyes and keep them at home. That's the goal of it. That's why I think it's a very effective ad. I'm buying him. This is he didn't say as much, but this is behind why Robert Cahaley yesterday with Trafalgar Group says Trump has has four paths in the Midwest Mm -hmm. to victory. This is why. Yep, I agree. Uh, Let's see. One more quick one. Ben Karsten says, if Biden wins, the mainstream media will cover the Hunter crack big guy Joe China story nonstop until Kamala is president. Sure. Bye. Uh, I know you want to buy. I I, I think it's a smart take. Okay, I do. I think it's a smart take, but I, I just I don't think we would be fortunate enough for them to hand their brand over to her. That's just like an act. We we don't deserve that level of fortuitousness as a as an alternative, as a movement, uh, as an opposition party. And I'm not even a part of the Republican Party anymore. Okay, we don't but, deserve that coup. We yeah, deserve other coups. No, we no no. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, that would be so fortuitous of, of them to do that for us to make her the symbol and and face of their brand. I just don't think we're we you know we we deserve that kind of luck. So I'm going to sell. But I, I think it's a smart take. Daniel Horowitz next. Well, I mentioned Rough Greens earlier one more time. You know, we do so many cool things for our pets. And it's because they're really cute, right? Well... Um, one of the things we forget to do, though, is to make sure they have the right nutrition because chances are that food we buy for them at the store is dead as a doornail once it leaves the factory, stripped, sterilized of a lot of the nutrients and vitamins that your pet needs for the same reasons that our own food has been stripped out of those things. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days as human beings and our pets need them, too. So where would you find them? Thankfully, You've got Rough Greens. It's not a dog food, but a premium dog food supplement. It's a powder that you sprinkle in and mix in with the food your dog already loves, and it tastes great. They're going to love it even more, but it's also going to have all those vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, pre, probiotics, and more that your pet needs, and they want to make sure that you give it a shot. So they're going to say, hey, over at Rough Greens, try us out for a couple of weeks, see what happens. They've got this thing called the Jumpstart Bag. It's just $14.95, and you can find out. If you don't see a difference in your dog in two weeks or less for less than 15 bucks, when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? We're doing all right, Steve. Good to be back with you. So I, I haven't uh, shared the audience shared this with the audience yet. I was waiting for you to come on, so they're going to hear it uh, along uh, with you. I uh, was talking to a couple of my little birdies last night um, who have access to top-end data, 
And one of my little birdies who was sounding the alarm a couple of weeks ago with suburban women uh, and told me he'd never seen a disconnect like this in his career where on issues they're they're with us. They just want Trump gone and he wasn't really sure what to do with it uh, and what to do about it. He tells me that they've seen a six to eight point movement in their direction in about a dozen key congressional districts, because they're polling at a granular level. Uh, He he says they've seen a six to eight point move in their direction, in in, in the Trump direction, uh, since him and I last talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And then another little birdie I know, uh, doing some polling down in Texas, says that uh, Trump is, he can confirm that Trump is definitely overperforming with Hispanics this cycle. So what do you think of those two uh, nuggets that I've uh, heard from a couple of sources I have? Clearly, we have two different electorates here, okay? This is not the same map that you and I kind of got reared into politics with, I would say, from 2000 to 2012, four election cycles. That was that when the red-blue states became famous, I believe it became famous in 2000, And it was pretty much 90, 95 percent was inveterate. It was dug in. We knew what was red. We knew what was blue. And the the map was not very fluid. It was a very small percentage of voters in a very few states that made the difference. And you could have had a close race. But a close race is very different than a fluid race. The outcome could be fluid just because it's close and you don't know who's going to win. But what we are in now is something that is so fluid where it's almost like the stock market, where you mm-hmm. can see massive swings so quickly. It's a reflection of technology and social media and how quickly it changes things, where one day and one week is the equivalent of one month and six months, respectively, of prior news cycles. But it's also a matter of the electorate, as I mentioned. Um, Trump is has rapidly lost, to varying degrees, suburban women. But he has also rapidly gained even more non-college educated whites and we see blacks and hispanics and and that we're seeing even in the polling that shows him losing as well as liberal pollsters are admitting that and i think that's that's a given fact now so you have two moving parts that that constantly weave in and out and that's what could give you six to eight point swings rather than what we saw in the past at this stage in the election one to two point swings which is why i think it was clear trump was down it was clear that after the convention he seemed to be headed on the trajectory that he um charted last cycle where he overtook Hillary and wound up winning. And then we had that debate setback and several other things two weeks ago that pushed him back. And now I think we're headed back in that direction. Um, you know, if you obviously these 12 point leads in the national polls are bogus. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the state polling, even factoring in the non Trafalgar type of polls that claim to uh, look at this social desirability bias. You look and you compare based on last time, and, and Trump won last time. At this time, at this day that we stand on right now, the RCP average showed Biden leading by one point uh, – by, by, I'm sorry, showed Clinton leading by 4.3 in Florida. Biden's up 1.6. Michigan, Biden leads now 7.2, but Hillary led by 12 mm-hmm. back then, and, and, and Trump won. Um, Wisconsin, Biden leads by 6.3. Clinton was by 6.5. North Carolina, Biden leads by 2.3. Hillary was up 2.8 today. 
So, you know, my concern was that this was headed in the wrong direction and this was not tracking with four years ago. Steve, I think this is. I think he's back on track and he's very much in the game. Because you were concerned that if if you're trending in the other direction, now you've got to defend, say, Georgia rather than close Arizona and North Carolina, right? You've got to defend Ohio rather than try to rewin Michigan or Pennsylvania. You're, you and you just can't fight on that many fronts all at once, right? That that's what that's the concern you had with the trend line a couple of weeks ago. I had another little birdie say this to me last night that he thought, and I'm quoting here, as long as he's not a douchebag on Thursday night. I like the way that this is trending in our direction. What are your thoughts on uh, talking about Trump basically behaving like he did at the last debate? What are your thoughts on that? That that was basically uh, my show today, and I just added to that. I I do think he needs to go on offense. If this is about personality, Trump loses. If it's about the issues, he wins. You accentuate the other side's weakness, not your own. And, And that's what he did wrong last debate. This is what he needs to rectify. I genuinely do think this is will be among the most important presidential debates ever. It's the last one. It's very impactful because, again, it's not a debate in the Bush-Kerry or McCain-Obama election where it was It was really – there wasn't a lot of movement. It was, it was very, um, very fixed, very static. This is very dynamic. And Trump's job is to ensure he's able to sustain the gains that, based on voter registration, new voters – and some of the black and Hispanic gains that he's able to maintain them quicker than he loses suburban voters. He needs to staunch that bleeding. He needs to remind them of the rioting. All of the five to six issues that Harris and Biden ran away from, he needs to allow Biden to talk. And then when it's his turn and wait till his turn, pounce on it from a policy standpoint, stay away from the ad hominems, show how they want to pack the courts, they want to ban fracking, they want to take away the prosperity, they want the rioting, they want criminals locking up, locked up while locking up Orthodox Jews in in, uh, in New York for uh, simply praying and opening businesses and schools, crush him on the closure of schools, the lockdowns, Antifa. That is how you're going to bring suburban voters home enough that the new gains he has made and i think it's borne out in the registration will over will compensate for any losses that he already has incurred so let's fast forward for a couple of minutes all right um i know it seems like this election's been going on forever and it kind of has they all do nowadays but there's only 13 days left I think a couple of things are, I, and I've been saying all along that I think the electorate is so volatile, I don't know that I will predict who I think will win until I see what is trending the day before, okay? that I think there's four to six points of this electorate that, I think Frank Luntz summed it up accurately, that doesn't like Donald Trump and doesn't agree with Joe Biden. And so I just think whatever is trending in that last moment, they're waiting to the last moment for someone to make a sale. That's another reason why I agree with you, why I think this debate is important. I think if Trump is presidential, a happy, somewhat of a happy word as much as he can possibly be, then I think that I think you could see those four to six points swing his way decisively down the stretch here. If he's not, then he's 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 swimming back upstream to get those people back these last couple of weeks and probably no longer in control of his own fate. He needs organic things to happen to to boost him at that point. Um, 
But let's let's I do think there's a couple of things we do know for sure. He's going to at the very least overperform with black voters what is typical of a Republican. Whether he reaches the historical no one's been 15% since above 15% since 1960, I don't know. Okay? But he's at least going to overperform with black voters historically what a Republican does. He's going to at least perform on the high end historically with with Hispanic voters of what a Republican does, which is about 28% since 1980. Okay. Reagan broke 30%. I think he had 38 or 39 in 84. George W. Bush got 40 in 2000. Other than that, it's pretty much right around 28, 30% is what Republicans typically get. I think he's going to overperform that at the very least. And then I think we know uh, at the very least he's going to underperform with white suburbanites. Now, whether it costs him the election, that's what we're debating, right? Okay? That we don't know. But will you, for, for the sake of my next question, will you and I, putting our combined smarts together, stipulate that those three things we probably know are going to occur? It's just a matter of to what degree and whether any of them are decisive or not. But at some level, that, that those three things are look pretty certain, right? That, that, that's inherent in both the okay. polls showing Trump doing bad and, and, and the ones showing him do, doing better. Then with that notwithstanding... What happens if he wins with replacing white suburbanites with Hispanics and blacks? What does that do to the future environment in the Republican Party? What's it do for the 2024 Republican presidential primary? And then what happens, though, if he does that but then loses? What happens? What are your thoughts so couple, on that? A couple of things. No matter what happens... Um, gee, whatever happened to the GOP autopsy? <laughs> so we're all agreeing that he's going to outperform Romney. And, and look, you and I have more nuanced in the weeds, you know, gripes with Trump that sometimes he veers off message on the issue. But to the average voter, the message is loud and clear. This guy wants the illegals gone. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't miss that. Yep. That is the macro messaging. There's some nuanced stuff going on with Kushner and his guys and, and Chad Wolf and whatever. And no one knows that. I mean, this is is the deport them all guy. And you have liberal pundits now saying he's going to outperform with Hispanics, which is why coupled with the even greater gains likely with union, traditional union white Democrats, Nevada really is in play. Um, and I think that's going to, that might be a surprise state assuming there's no cheating. Uh, so I think that's the big thing. The autopsy goes out the window. Um, and I think I think the idea is the way to appeal to those voters. It's not a matter of pandering on liberal issues. It's a matter of persona. I think a lot of people don't understand this. But to answer your question, this is kind of uh, Sean Trende's thesis in his, his seminal book, really terrific book, The Lost Majority, mm -hmm. of why it's so hard to get a permanent majority because it's like a balloon. You put in the pressure here, it takes away from here. Mm -hmm. The same reason suburban women hate him is why – and, and the same reason why uneducated, uh, uncollege educated whites like him is why a certain cohort of blacks and Hispanics right. like him. They're more; they're, those are more masculine-driven subcultures yeah. than than white exactly. suburbia, for example. Yeah, it's like they're not they're not offended like by the, they're not offended by the lack of pleasantries nearly as much as we are in whitey suburbia. That kind of stuff. I agree. It, yeah. Exactly. You, you know, you know, you'll have the punks in Kushner's world saying, "Oh, it's criminal justice reform that got the black." Vote. No one knows about that. It's Trump's kind of like you know, screw you mm -hmm. mentality that they like the ones that could get beyond the tra tradition of voting for Democrats. It was, I said this for years, Steve, I said, look, 
it's hard to win their vote and to win a substantial portion of it. But to the extent you're going to move that ground, it ain't going to be with your Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, uh, you know, persona. It's just not. And I think we're seeing that now. You know, people view um, white rural voters as the polar opposite of blacks and Hispanics. And in some ways they are rural urban, but in other ways they come full circle and they're more similar. So I think that's what you're seeing here. That's definitely uh, true. If he does wind up losing, I think it's what many of us have been saying until until now. Uh, you know, it's a fool's errand to try to lose the white vote but while, while pursuing the other vote. And, and again, I think it would have shown that Republicans stupidly ceded the crime issue for five years. Um, Robert Cahaley, the Trafalgar pollster mm -hmm. that does think Trump is doing better and he thinks he's even ahead right now. He will tell you that the single biggest issue keeping him afloat with suburban voters is the crime issue, mm -hmm. which I think we still could have done much better on. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Either way, win or lose, because of those three things, we're going to have a fascinating conversation about how to message what we believe and who to message with to the country in the future, because he has destroyed some of these shibboleths of the consultant class. No question about it. Daniel, good to see you, man. As always, God bless, man. Take, Take care. God bless. Hey, so what does COVID have to do with losing your home? Well, it turns out it could be a lot. The feds are saying that cybercrime has gone up a whopping 75% this year. And sadly, it kind of makes sense. I mean, we're doing more things online. We're exposed more online. Not even talking about Jeffrey too, but I'm talking about like passwords and your finances and things of that nature. I'm sorry. I could not resist. I apologize. Excellent. <sighs> Bad Steve. I'm sorry. It's been a long time since Budo Judge. We got to get them all in. <laughs> that's, that's true too. I was listening to Detroit Lions podcast today and a Jeffrey Tubin blast went off. Okay, because the Lions have a nose tackle named Penistini, and the host was like, well, "We know that's Jeffrey Tubin's favorite player." Anyway, it gets worse. All right, because our legal titles—well, it could be Jeffrey Tubin, or the legal title of your home could be found online, uh, and they forge your signature on a quick claim deed, refile uh, when they. Uh, the cyber thieves find a hold of it, refile as the new owner of your home. And before you know it, you're off the title and they liquidate your equity. They take out loans on your home and often you won't find out about it until late notices, maybe even an eviction or foreclosure notice shows up in the mail. Thankfully though, you've got home title lock to help you. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title. So that the moment they detect any tampering whatsoever, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to their website at hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't yet know it and then while you're there use the code radio for 30 free days of protection promo code radio at home title lock.com all right we're going to stick around for the overtime we'll be taping that here once we get off the air with you all live we're going to look back on yesterday's interview with scott atlas because he said a lot on this show and then it went right up to the closing bell and we never had a time a chance to react so we're going to do that in the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. Don't forget, blazetv.com, promo code Steve, biggest discount I think we've ever offered right now going on between now and the election. 30 days or 30 bucks off an annual subscription. It's just $5.75 a month. That's all it will cost you right now. blazetv.com, use the promo code Steve. For the rest of you, we will see you again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Until then. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.